Uh, today we're going to talk about blessings. It's interesting, the song we just sang, it says, you know, uh, even looking at our blessings and being thankful when we can't see, when we can't see the goodness of those things. There's some really good lines in that song that talk about those things. And uh, we'll maybe uh, get back to that and, and talk a bit more about it. But if you were to take a look at the, the idea of being blessed through the eyes of social media on Facebook these days or other things, you're going to have things like this. You're going to see something that, you know, and I haven't still fully understood the whole hashtag thing, but I think I get it now because it links things together and makes you able to pull that up. Um, and sometimes it just uses like slang term, I guess, to bring emphasis to things. But uh, if you were to look at people's posts, you might see something like, well, I got a scholarship, hashtag blessed. In other words, I'm blessed because I got that. Um, I got an unexpected raise at work, hashtag blessed. Or I have a wonderful family, and you get hashtag blessed again. I have very successful kids. In other words, I, you know, you know, somebody goes off and saying, my kid got the lead in the play or scored 30 points last night in the game or they, they won the sectional championship in wrestling or the volleyball team just competed and won the Frontier League playoffs or whatever, hashtag blessed. Um, and then you might see somebody that has a selfie with them and their spouse or their boyfriend or their girlfriend, and they'll just say hashtag blessed. Now, if you look at blessings and being blessed through the eyes of, the, uh, of many American Christians, it might be equated to this, that you're blessed if you have a loving marriage. I'm blessed because I've got a loving marriage, or I'm blessed because I have obedient children, or I'm blessed because God has blessed me with a vibrant ministry, or I have a healthy body physically, or I have a successful career, and therefore I'm blessed, and I have trusted friends, and I've got financial abundance, so I'm blessed. There's a real problem with all that stuff right there. Because if that's all we're viewing as, as blessings, there's no way we can sing the song we just sang. Because the real test of blessing is what about it when we can't see what feels like blessing. Things like this. My wife used to talk about this, and there's nothing wrong with stating that. Church she grew up in, they you know have during testimony time or whatever else, oftentimes somebody would stand up and say, you know, today or this week, my wife and I celebrating our 40th anniversary, our 30th anniversary, we are so blessed. And for a year of my wife's life, she was without her spouse, no choice of hers. He died. And it was a hard thing. So I asked the question, so when a person says, I'm so blessed because I've been married for 35 years, does that mean you're not blessed if your spouse died? And this is not a, not a statement not to say that we should be thankful and, and considering a blessing to be married, but what we're getting at here is what is blessing really about? How about this one? Um, somebody will stand up and say, I'm so blessed because, you know, my, my, my kid just had their third birthday and they're just happy and healthy. Does that mean if your child has cancer, you're not blessed? Another person might stand up and say, you know, I'm, I'm so blessed. I've, my, 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 my career and finances are, are, are well. Does that mean a person who loses their job because of downsizing, not because of performance, but because the company decided they wanted to go in a different direction? Or if you just happen to be tight financially, does that mean that you're not blessed? You see, as Americans, we have a very, very tainted and skewed view of what being blessed really is. How about some of these things? I got a title here, Weird, weird Verses on Being Blessed. These all have their basis in Scripture, the first one. I'm so blessed that God corrected and disciplined me. That comes directly from Job chapter 5. How about this one? 
I'm so blessed to have experienced pain, distress, and hardship because I did what was righteous in God's eyes. That came from the Apostle Peter. He wrote it in 1 Peter chapter 3. How about this one? I'm so blessed to have had people insult me because I love and follow Jesus Christ. That's from 1 Peter chapter 4. And this is from the words of Jesus. I'm so blessed to have been persecuted for being righteous and acting justly. It's Matthew chapter 5. Also, the next verse right after that one. I'm so blessed to have people not only insult me, but to have them say all kinds of evil against me because I love Jesus and follow him. Now, going along that same line, what about Job? We quoted him. What about Job? Well, see, Job starts out, it says he's the greatest man in all the people of the East. That would be basically saying, like, for you, you're the greatest person in the whole northeast of the United States. Big region. The Bible tells us he had 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 donkeys, a large number of servants, seven sons, three daughters and a wife, and even in our massive farms in, North, in southern Jefferson County, that's big even considering that. Think of that, 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels. Camels are at least as big as a cow, if not bigger, and 3,000 of them. He was highly regarded by God, so much so that God boasted about him to Satan when Satan came. All of this, and then he lost it all. The only thing out of what I just left, read that was left was his wife. Kids all gone, died, lost everything. Catastrophically, suddenly, he lost everything. But the Bible tells us even when that happened, he didn't sin in anything that he said. In fact, instead of sinning and cursing God, he praised God in the midst of his loss. My question is, was Job blessed? We'd say absolutely at the beginning, but was he blessed when everything went away? Did the blessing change? Then you can go on too. It depends on how well you know your Bible characters. Was Joseph blessed? You know his story. I don't have time to go in and develop that, but people that, that know some of their Old Testament know some of the Bible stories. How about this one? Was David blessed? Was King David blessed? Was Paul blessed? I just named some characters that we say are heroes of the faith, yet they had some pretty nasty stuff happen in their life, even to points where they question sometimes if God was there. You see, we're terribly, uh, we're terribly confused and misled regarding biblical blessing. We talk about being blessed all the time. We sing songs about being blessed all the time. We pray for blessings. That's actually a line of a song, but we don't even take the song aside. We pray for that. Lord, bless us. Bless my family. Bless our house. Bless our church. We read about blessings in the Bible. My question is, is our blessings and being blessed, is that when things are going well? Is that when things, from my perspective, are going in the right direction? Is it when I experience prosperity, health, wealth, and other things? Or is there something more to being blessed from God's perspective that's overshadowed by our Western materialistic viewpoint of things? I'm going to tell you today that biblical blessing is much, much, much more than financial abundance, physical well-being, having things go well from my consideration or having things go in what I perceive as the right direction or the right way. What we really, really need is a biblical understanding of blessing 
and also then as Christians, how we receive such a blessing. Um, I was really convicted about this as I read through it because you would be shocked. You're going to be shocked as you go through this what the Bible says about blessing and what it doesn't say about blessing. So let's try to take a little quick look here. You're going to have to take notes because I don't have slides for all these because there's a lot. of There's just a long list of things. I'm just going to kind of list them through, maybe pause, maybe make a comment on some of them. <clears throat> what the Bible says when it says blessed or blessing, when God says it about us, what he actually said, the meaning of blessed, being blessed is this. You're blessed when God is present and involved in your life. You are blessed when God is present and involved in your life. Okay. Next thing. You and I are blessed when God's hand is at work directing the affairs of our life for His divine purpose. Say it again. You and I are blessed when God's hand is at work ordering our affairs, directing our affairs for His divine purposes. Being blessed is when we get the opportunity to share in the life of God. And what's the life of God? God is life. It's, it's abundant life. It's eternal life. It's, it's life included with God and all that goes with that. <clears throat> we are blessed when we're favorably affected and influenced by God. And the hard part of that, when we turn the, the idea of favorably influenced and affected by God, I got some questions, I think, they're probably in the discussion questions for the week too that will challenge us to look at what, okay, you look at something, maybe you're going through a deep crisis right now in your life, and you would say, that's not a blessing. I don't feel in any way it's being favor- I'm being favorably affected or, or um, influenced by God in that situation. Now I want to ask you this, I want you to think in your past, since you've been saved, since you've been walking with God, when you went through a dark time or you went through a crisis or whatever else. And I want you to look at it now in hindsight looking back at it. Were you favorably affected by God in that? Did he influence you in the midst of it? And even maybe you didn't feel at the time, but when you look back on it, many of you would say this, I wouldn't trade that hard experience for anything in the world because God did things in me as a result of that. So the answer is yes. We are blessed because we are affected favorably, and influenced even in the deepest and darkest of times. We're blessed when we participate in His kingdom. We're blessed when we participate in His kingdom. And then there's another whole idea, this idea of blessed, being blessed. And it's, it's a thread throughout Scripture that gives examples of this. It's, it has to do with receiving an inheritance or a gift or a tangible benefit from God. And these inheritances or gifts that we receive from God that are blessings are a sign of His respect and favor towards us, which we don't always think about too much. God actually has respect for us when we follow Him. And He favors us. And as a result of those feelings that you know, used, I guess using human term, feelings towards us, He, he pours out his, his blessings, inheritance or gift on us now. Here are what those mean, though, because sometimes we think of inheritance, gift, and tangible benefits. We immediately go to finances because when you get an inheritance, that's when you go out and buy a new camper or a new car or pay off your house or whatever else, right? Because you had a rich relative that died and left you a lot of money. Well, I know that God has 
all the cattle on a thousand hills and all the riches in the world, but when he's talking about inheritance, we do ourselves a terrible disservice when we narrow that down to just money. Because the things that God has that he's given us an inheritance are so much more valuable than just mere money and riches. These are some of those things. The inheritance and the gift that God gives us, the benefit, the fact that we're set apart from the world because we're his children, his people. You realize that you and I, he calls us his children. He calls us his people. That means that, brings it right down to that, the bloodline that runs in through us, although we have a physical bloodline, spiritually speaking, we are God's children. We're in his family. Another inheritance or gift that he gave us was the filling of his Holy Spirit that occurred when we accept Christ as Lord and Savior. The Bible says the Spirit is given as a down payment, a seal placed upon us. We take a lot of these things for granted and don't meditate on them. What that actually means that the Spirit of the living God dwells where? Right in there. <clears throat> Another part of inheritance. He gives us, this is inheritance or a gift or a benefit, is the ability to hear His voice. We take that one for granted. I want you to think now about what it was like before you walked with God. And how it's different now that you do walk with God as far as hearing His voice. Many in the room, probably most in the room, have never actually heard an audible voice of God speak. But you get what? The witness in your heart of hearts. And you know that it's God speaking to you. That's a gift. That's an inheritance that He gives us. He gives us the ability to be able to do great and mighty works when He needs us to. I love, in all these things, if you're noticing it, there is no finger pointing at me and my selfish desires or you and your selfish desires and needs. It's all about God and where He's at because it says there, being able to do great and mighty deeds when He needs it done. How about this one? One of the inheritances and the gifts He gives us and the benefits is being able to let everyone around us know that God is real and that we belong to Him. We call that being a witness. There's something that God does and He gives us as an inheritance, as a gift, as a benefit that gives us the ability to be able to speak up and do those things or show by our actions. Uh, we've been given the power and the ability to do, ready, that which, that which we were designed and intended to do. And I like that again there because it puts the parameter on that because as human beings, we walk through most of our life, well, I wish I could be more like Sarah or I wish I could be more like my dad or more like Gary or more like Dave Recklin or more like love like Norm does. I wish I could be more like that. But you realize that God gave us the ability and the power to do exactly what he designed us to do. Oftentimes we're looking at other things that he never designed or intended us to do and we long for those things instead of spending time finding out from him what he gave us to do and realizing that his gift and the inheritance is that he made us able to do those things. <clears throat> now the part that gets into, but it's not limited to, it's definitely not limited, it's actually a very small piece, and actually I would put it out there that because in, in, in America, in Western culture, we are so affluent and so materialistically minded, we can't even, I even hesitate to even bring this in there, but I have to because it's part of the whole package of this inheritance. Ready? It's, he, he gives us resources that reproduce themselves. Gives us resources that reproduce themselves. And the example they gave there was to be given rain, a natural resource. To be given seed, which is a resource. 
And both of those things allow things to do what? To reproduce year after year after year after year. But it's interesting that the resources that He gives us, whether it be rain or that, or even if it happens to be finances or material things that He blesses us with, that He gives us, the reason that He gives us these things that can reproduce if they're managed properly, managed properly, is so that, ready? So that we can live, listen to this, a simple and effective life. The, I'm going to tell you right now, the only reason that God ever blesses somebody with abundant finances is so that they can live a simple and effective life. Not so it can be flaunted. Not so they can become secure in that. It's so that they become, they live a very simple life and a very effective life. Like I said, that includes material things, but it's not limited to that. We're not to hoard wealth. We're not to brag about it. It's not so that we can pursue riches. Ready? The whole idea that God gives us these resources that reproduce is so that we can live spiritually fruitful lives. So that those things can, if you really look at it, and, I, and I'm not going to go there because we, we really have a hard time. I'm just simply saying there, we have to look at God's blessings in our life, God's, the things that He does, the, the inheritance when it comes to anything materialistic or things that we can hold in our hands. It's all given to us with the purpose of being spiritually fruitful. God would not want us to worry about our basic needs. And you and I have no clue what basic needs really are. Basic needs are that in weather like this, you have a home to go home to that will keep you out of the elements and keep you warm. We get upset when we can't plow the snow. The snow comes and it's inconvenient. Or we get upset when the remotest corner of our house isn't at exactly at 70 degrees or 68 Talk to some old timers what it was like where when it was really cold, the really the, there was a warm spot in the house and it was next to the fireplace. And in your room, it was anything but warm. Okay? Does that mean that God was not meeting their basic needs? No, He absolutely did. Basic needs are things like that. Things like having ample food. Not necessarily abundance, overabundance, but enough to meet your physical needs. And it goes on and on in that. Because God would, He's promised to take care of His children's basic needs. I have not traveled overseas, period. I've talked to lots of people that have and heard lots of stories. And I have <clears throat> heard, heard, yeah, I guess testimonies. I think specifically, years ago, Penn Clark made a connection in a remote place in India. When I say remote, no electricity, grass huts, dirt floors, and, and a lot of backward stuff. And you say, it was, that's politically incorrect. It was backward stuff. And actually the people there years later would say it was backward stuff. He went into a place. He started to take people in, to take blessings into them, to take, take material things into them, to preach the gospel, which was the most important thing, and build churches. And I heard stories of people that went back years later. Electricity had been run. The whole life had improved. I would say this, that where the gospel of Jesus Christ goes and where God's presence is lifted up and exalted, 
the interesting thing that happens is basic needs become met. God's intention was that whatever he gave us, whether it's material things or other things, would be taken as a resource and stewarded to multiply, not multiplied for my benefit, multiplied to be given away so that there would be fruitful spiritual ministry that happens. I would say this in all of that, even in suffering and pain, we can be pronounced blessed. Now, I know that you didn't see all these things with your eyes. We read through a lot of those things, but I'm going to go back through and ask you the questions now. When I make these next statements, what I'm actually doing is taking one of the things that God says is a biblical blessing and asking a question about it. Can God's hand be at work directing our affairs for a divine purpose when we're suffering and in pain? Let me ask that again. Can God's hand be at work directing our affairs for a divine purpose when we're suffering and in pain, like when we lose our job or we're having trouble paying our bills? Is God's hand still able to work and direct our affairs even in the midst of a tough time like that? And the bottom line is, you can absolutely be blessed in that situation. Is God present and involved in our lives when we're diagnosed and being treated for a disease like cancer? Bonnie Duker shakes her head yes, and you can see her whole, her whole demeanor lit up right there. Why? Because she's experienced it. Yes, you can be blessed even when fighting for your life, physical life, because God is present and involved. Are we being favorably affected and influenced by God when we're suffering the sting of losing a loved one? When we suffer the loss of a loved one and the sting and the law and the hurt, is God able to favorably affect and influence us in the midst of that? Yeah, again, if you talk to people, sometimes it's hard to see it in the moment, but oftentimes in hindsight we realize He was absolutely influencing and affecting us for good in the middle of that. Are we participating in God's kingdom when we're insulted, spoken evil of, or maybe even persecuted or jailed because we love Jesus and follow Him? Are we still participating in His kingdom in the midst of that? You realize that there are, we have brothers and sisters in the Lord that died for their faith, that probably maybe sat in their jail cell and wondered whether they were really being effective for Christ, and now they have biographies written about them that are read the world over by brother in multiple languages that encourage people and saying, wow, was God ever at work in the midst of that? Are we able to do great and mighty works when we hate the job that we work at every day? When we dread getting up and going to work? Oh man, it's Monday morning tomorrow. I really don't like what I do. Are we still able to do great and mighty works in His kingdom in the midst of that? Then we're blessed. Are we empowered to do what God designed us to do and intended us to do even when our bodies and our minds and our emotions fail us? Read that one again. Are we empowered to do what God designed us to do and intended us to do even when our bodies, our minds, and our emotions fail us? One of the most precious memories I'll ever have of my grandfather, and I spent many, many, many hours talking to him and hearing things and hearing him talk about the good old days and things like that. But the one thing that will always stick in my mind was when he was nearing death. 
to the point where you would ask him a question and he would answer it 10 minutes later. Quiet for 10 minutes and all of a sudden the answer to your question would come out. And I would hear him mumbling, mumbling, mumbling. And I'm like, he's just not making any sense. Until I got close to him one time and listened. <laughs> his mind was, was, was disappearing. He was sharp still, but he, his whole body was just shutting down. And he's, he's mumbling. He's not mumbling. He's, he's sitting there, praise you, Jesus. Thank you, God. My grandfather never spoke like that before. He's, praise you, God. Thank you, Jesus. You're good. So I asked the question again, are we empowered to do what God designed us to do and intended us to do even when our bodies, our minds, and our emotions failed? Isn't it interesting, the very last thing that my grandfather was able to do verbally was to praise God, what he's doing now in heaven. Many of you know my Aunt Marge. Her mind has failed her. Oh, you'll get some moments where she'll, she'll brighten up and she knows who you are, but it's increased. Many of you, would, if you went to see her, she wouldn't. She, it, she might, the best case scenario most of you would get is she, would, she might brighten up because she recognizes you from church, but she wouldn't know your name. She mistakes me with her brother, but she still knows a couple things about me, that I'm a pastor, that I preach the gospel, and I teach. And you know something? Many of you sat for years with Marge sitting in there or sat in a Bible study, she never spoke up. Very rarely did she ever say anything when she pray out loud. But I'll tell you one thing right now. You want to pray now? Go up there, grab her by the hand, say, let's pray. And she'll beat you to the punch. Never had that happen. I prayed with her numerous times. When she was a secretary, we talked about things. And she would just not even agree. I mean, she was, there was a lot going on. She was a godly woman, but she just was not a very vocal one. But as her mind is shut down, you know what's really gone crazy is her spirit. It's just taken over. So again, when our minds and our bodies and our emotions fail us, we are still able to be empowered by God to do that which He designed and intended us to do. I've also had these times too where she, she mistakes me for her brother, asks me, in one meeting she might ask me ten times why I'm there, or five times about, well, how was class today? Or when did you start? Or how much time? Left? Same question over and over again. But there have been other times in the midst of that when she doesn't register, and this is how God is able to use somebody, and you can be assured of this, when everything else fails, that God is still able to use you to encourage. Because I've had moments where we've gathered hands to pray at the end, and she says, you're doing a good job. You keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a good job. I'm telling you that what I've just shared with you is that's the blessing that I want. That's not dependent that's not dependent upon the circumstances I walk in, how much money is in my checking account, or whether the roof, my roof is leaking, or my car breaks down today, or heaven forbid, somebody really close to me passes away. I want a blessing. I want to be blessed and be able to say I'm blessed even when those things occur. That's not dependent upon it. I want blessings that are present in the good and the bad, humanly speaking. Blessings that allow me to say the things that Job said. Things like this. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. 
That's how Job responded when his kids died and everything he had materially was gone. He said, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. May the name of the Lord be praised. That's the kind of blessing I want to walk in. I want to be able to say, another thing that Job said is, shall we accept the good from God and not trouble? Or this one, though he slay me, yet will I hope in him. Now, all of that, because we really had to get to that spot so we could understand, again, we're going back in, is where does this book and the truths found in it and the wisdom found in it, where does that fit with this whole idea of blessings? Look at this. <clears throat> Psalm 119, verses 1 and 2. Blessed are they whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are they who keep His statutes and seek Him with all their heart. The blessings I just spoke to you are a result of doing this. Taking this in and doing what it says. Look what James says. If you don't like the Old Testament, let's look at what James says in the New Testament. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law the Bible, that gives freedom and then continues to do that, continually looks into it, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he'll be blessed in what he does. So, how do we receive biblical blessing? Walking according to God's law. When we are pursuing, I would say this, whether you think you are or not, every one of us is pursuing a specific way of life. Every one of us is pursuing a specific course of action in life. In every circumstance, you can take it down to very small things. In the middle of a circumstance, we're pursuing a course of action or a way of life. On a given day, we're pursuing a course of action or a way of life. And on the big picture in our entire life, we're pursuing a course of action or a way of life on the grand scale. To be blessed, it's important that we're pursuing a way of life and a course of action that's in accordance to God's truth. Because this thing contains the roadmap and the instruction manual of what that course of action should be. I'm going to tell you this right now, that it's sad, but I believe there's some truth in it, that too often we are claiming blessings we're claiming God's blessings, but we're not meeting the things that He said are where the blessings come from. If you just look back here again, you tell me. The man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. And then in Psalm, the psalmist, a lot of people think this was written by David. Blessed are they whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are they who keep His statutes and seek Him with all their heart. The way I read that and understand that is if I want to walk in those blessings, it's because I walk according to the Word. Keeping God's statutes. That means that we obey and observe God's laws and instructions where as found in the Bible. Not necessarily what somebody's interpretation of it is, but what does it say in there? We act in such a way that's fitting with God's instructions, as found in the Bible again. <clears throat> that we're faithful and in, and in compliance with God's instructions and commands, as found in the Bible. That's where blessing comes from. That's when we're walking in His blessings. 
And James said, looking intently into God's truth. It's not enough to give a mere, mere, what I would call a mere cursory reading or just skimming through this book and just taking things in. We need, the Bible says we need to look intently into that. What does that mean? We look at it with eager attention. We, we have eager attention and, and concentration because there's a specific end or a specific purpose that we have in mind. I would say, what's that? We look intently, we have this concentration and eager attention because we desperately want to be obedient to what God says. And I want to say this, not because we're afraid of being punished. That's, that's maybe how we come initially, possibly, or in those things. But God wants to take us to a different spot that we are looking intently. Our, our goal is to be obedient, not because we're afraid of being pun- punished, because we want to please Him, we want to walk with Him, we know it's the best thing for us. That means we do what? We read or listen to the Word of God because we want to know it so we can do what it says. Not so that we can just quote it or impress other people with our expertise in what the Bible says so that we in the end can understand it for ourselves so that we can do it. And the more that we do that, we become absolutely convinced that it is the best way and the only way for satisfaction and joy and hope in life. It's interesting too right after that. Not just looking intently, but doing that continually. He adds that on there. In other words... Ready? As much as we're attempting or going to attempt to read through the Bible once, that's not enough. To just have this great Bible program and get all energetic and go wow and go through that, I'm all done. Now I can go back to doing what I was doing before. That's not the goal. That's not the hope. Because James says, he who looks upon the, the law intently and does this continually, in other words, continues to pour over it over and over again. Not a one time reading even if you have great intent in that one-time reading. Not just for a season of life. In other words, maybe a month or two or a couple years of your life, you're really engrossed with the Word and then you fade from that. <clears throat> not just when I'm excited. Not just when I'm in need. Not just when I'm prepping for a Bible lesson or to preach or to teach. But in a constant and repeated matter, over and 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 over until when? Until we die. I'll tell you, there is great blessing, the definition I gave earlier for blessing, there's great blessing <clears throat> for those that continually look into God's Word for guidance and direction. The last thing that... Uh, James says, do what it says. <clears throat> that means to apply it in our life. That means that we spend time seeking how we can, oh boy. That's not good. It's been quite a day. <laughs> um, not just reading it and forgetting but doing what it says, applying it. Seeking God to, sh- to show us what does that mean. Not mean so I can educationally or academically or, or mentally wow people, but I need to know what it means so I can do it for me, for my benefit. 
applying it when it's not convenient. When everything within me, my fleshly nature would rather do something else. Or when doing it is going to get me in trouble. Or doing it, somebody's going to get upset with me. Or I could offend somebody by doing what the Word of God says. Doing it in that way. Now, do you want God to be present in your life? I'm going to ask a series of questions right now as we summarize. Do you want God to be present in your life? Do you want God to direct the affairs of your life? Do you want to share in God's life? Do you want to participate in His kingdom? Do you want inheritance from God? Then this is what you've got to do. You and I need to immerse ourselves in His Word because it is the only way to a truly blessed life. That's the only way. I'm going to tell you right now that the idea of, well, you've got to pray and you've got to claim the blessing. You can do that till you're blue in the face, but if you do not read your Bible and you don't do what it says, you can claim that until the day you die and it's not going to make any difference. Because God said, the person who walks continually in His Word and what it says is the man that, or woman that will be blessed. Not the person that can wow up the most wild prayer and demand things from God. No, we don't have to demand things from God because if we obey what He said, He's going to do what He said He would do, which is what? That's the man that will be blessed. The man who walks intently, looks intently in the Word of God and does what it says. My encouragement to everybody, immerse ourselves in the Word as we read it and reread it and apply it in our lives it will give us, over time, it will combat American idea of blessing with what biblical blessing is. In that sense, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your truth. <clears throat> thank you that you knew that we would be caught up in materialism and things. And it's, it's since the beginning of time that we, we would be skewed in our thoughts of what being blessed really is. Thank you, Lord, that you have blessings that you pour upon us that, that do what need to be done, and actually there's great joy and peace and comfort and hope in walking in your blessings, as you said they are. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to get burned into our, our minds, into our hearts, of how we actually can walk in such blessing, how we can know that you'll always be there for us, and that's as we walk in your ways as we take in your word and apply it. I pray, Lord, as we go through and continue to get closer to January, Lord, that there would be a, a, an increased desire burning in our hearts to be students of your word, to take it in, to apply it, to walk it, to see the value in it, and to recognize our need to make it our source of truth. Lord, I just pray for your direction in these things, Lord. Continue to guide and direct us through the Word. Lead us into understanding. Let your Spirit open our hearts and minds to know what you say and how it applies. And give us strength to walk that out. May I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Jeff's going to do closing this morning. I'm going to stay down here. Just, just feel led to this. I'll be up front if anybody... There'll be other people up here too, but I'm going to stay up front if anybody would like prayer for that biblical blessing. Not going to pray for your wealth and
prosperity. I'm going to pray for biblical blessing. Anybody that wants that, I'll be glad to pray for you. <clears throat>